You've you got, got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. Just remember what your old pal said. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. All right, we're glad to get that out of the way. You can't go wrong with Randy Newman. Exactly. You can't go wrong with that one. That was actually a really good version. You guys got into it towards the end. I love it. I totally love it. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Well, you guys are used to this. You're used to mics, right? You guys have your own show. I mean, not this kind of setup. This is pretty impressive. But yeah, we've got our own podcast. I was just like, like I think before we got in here, I was just telling you, yeah, we used to set it up on a construction site. Just yeah. clamp the mics to a table and like you got plenty of plywood around so you could just build a table and then just get uh, the bar stools with yeah, all the logos awesome. on it, right? So we would just sit there and just record and sometimes there'd be some construction sounds in the background, but that's where the early days of how the show was. But I figured that when I was going to do a studio, I might as well dress it up a little bit and make life a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, you went all out. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. That's that's us too. We're Everything we do is virtually, but I mean, this is like kind of one of our goals is to have a really cool setup like this. You come here, everything's set up and just hit record. Nice. Yeah. Well, welcome. Uh, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to yeah. talk about investing. We're going to talk about security, financing, money, which is a big question that questions, I guess, all over everybody's mind in Canada right now. And even this morning, I saw the little breakdown that the Trudeau government just uh, presented for anybody who's buying a home above two point five million. Yeah, and the additional taxes, or yeah, something? or two million. Sorry, two million and higher, you get. A higher tax bracket now on tax. Just, just want to make it a little bit harder for people, right? Yeah. <laughs> for, for all those buyers out there. Instead of figuring out how to make things easier for people to contribute and want to build. But I mean, yeah. we're going to get into all yeah. that. Uh, Brandon Love is here. Tom Moffat is here. Uh, the Invested Entrepreneur, uh, which is the podcast name. And you can find it on Podbean. Uh, and you guys are also uh, North Shore Mortgage, right? Yes, that's right. And then the phone number to reach them is 647-743-2656. Definitely keep that down, guys, and write it because you're going to want to reach out to them or send them an email at experts at northshoregroup.ca. And on IG, it's invested.entrepreneur. And you can find them on YouTube under their names, which is Tom Moffitt and the sign Brandon Love. And then I want to do a quick shout out to Panda Plumbing. I'm wearing his tee, which I, or his tee, his hoodie. And, uh, if it's nice, it's a large, but if it's nice, right? Everyone, I always tell everybody it's an extra large. It looks comfy, too. It's, it's, it's not bad. I like the back. Oh, oh yeah, that's cool. cool. I didn't see that. Nice. <laughs> like, the back's kind of cool. I, th- I think it's, we were just talking off mic how I like these guys. There's Vader plumbing. There's Panda plumbing. Yeah. There's all kinds of, I like these little names that they come up with, which makes a yeah, lot of sense. Cool. It's a marketing. It's memorable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life Podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Follow us on TikTok under the same handle and tweet us at TCL Construction. 
Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. Link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. So, okay, now to you guys. Where do we want to begin? How long have you guys been in the game? We've been in the game, what, four years for you now? Four years for me, yeah. Just over three for me. Uh, so, yeah. How's the game going? <laughs> it's It's been good. Um, so I kind of came from my background. I had a farm before, and I was losing money as a farmer, and I was watching my buddies making money in mortgages and what were uh, you farming? I was doing cut flowers and growing vegetables and microgreens for restaurants. So it was. I thought we need this. Uh, we do, <laughs> but uh, uh, we desperately need <laughs> we this. Just lost yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, we so we had a plot and it was like a lease plot, and then they were like, you know what, it's going to become a development. Uh, and I was like, you know what, I'm. I had just started doing my mortgage license. I'm like, this is a sign to me, and I'm so much happier that I transitioned out of it. So there's machinery on it right now? Uh, I haven't gone by in a while. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> shed a tear. No. no. My daughter asked to do a drive-by the one day, and we went by, and it was just like, you know, the kind of fenced off. And I was like, ah, I don't, let's keep going. I don't want to stop. I don't want to see it. No. Okay. Yeah. So then you got into this. Yeah. And All right. uh, this, it was kind of like off to the races. It was perfect timing for the industry picking up when it did. Um, and that was great. And we actually, we had an up here last year, which we were very fortunate for in an industry where everyone was down. Uh, so we're grateful for that. And so you guys got started pre COVID. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. it affect you guys much during that time or did it wake people up? It, well, during COVID it was actually very busy because everyone was doing refinances because of the lower rates. So like for us, it's like, Oh, this is like, pretty easy and then quickly that stopped because the the rates started rising right and then as an industry whole i think it were, most people are down like 40 to 50 percent overall um uh, but brand is that like we've had fortunately we've had a really good year just because we we knew it was kind of coming and that the yeah. writing was on the wall so we just kind of 10x our output or input and then we got that output from it so um we're fortunate that way yeah yeah can you guys be honest and let, let's just talk the Canadian side because you guys focus on the Canadian side, right? Even though we have a lot of U.S. listeners and people around the world. How intelligent are Canadians when it comes to this? Uh, and I don't want to beat them up. I'm yeah. just saying how, like, how realistic. Because I think that most of them have the mindset of it's out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to discuss it until it's actually right in front of my face and I got to deal with it. Yeah, I think that's a you, – you hit on a very good point. You don't want to discuss it. There's – Financial literacy, first off, in Canada is, is pretty bad. Yeah. A lot of people don't think about their budgets. They don't think about their costs and mortgages and everything. Everyone just has this goal of home ownership, whether that makes sense for them or not. In a lot of cases, they would be better off renting. And the other piece is there's a culture of not talking about money, not talking about what you earn, not talking about what you're investing in. It's very closed, closed guard that way. Whereas in the U.S. and, and other cultures... People are more open to having those conversations. Even Canadians within their own household, a, a child won't tell their parent what they're earning and vice versa. So they have no idea what, what's gone into why they bought a home at that time. Like, sure, my parents bought a home when uh, it was $96,000 in Burlington, but my dad was also working at DeFasco in the steel mill making good money there. Like, comparatively, you buy a home now for a million dollars on a $100,000 a year income. You're, you're in a radically different debt load. Is it, yeah. can we fix this? Like we've, we've watched all the data. We've seen all the graphs. We've seen what 
you know, debt to income to house ownership is what it was, what it used to be and how it was kind of easily climbing the way it was supposed to climb. But then in the last few years, it's just our level of income and then the level of the cost of property has just dramatically separated yeah. from each other. Right? I, I'd say the only two ways are <clears throat> first way is to rely on the government to build more, which in my opinion, that's a horrible How? way to go. Yeah, exactly. They're not like we're years away from that. If that, and the second way is to increase your own income. And that's what we're all about is, yeah. is going into teaching people how to build your business and not saying that like you have to be rich to own a home. Like you're kind of getting that way. You have to do make some decent income, but that's what we're all about is teaching you. Hey, like let's focus on what you can control. And that's, that's you, that's your, your input, your output, your business. And uh, yeah. So I think those are the only two way in my opinion. Yeah. I think there's zero chance the government is going to yeah. do anything that works everything's for votes and policy is for the next four years, which this is an idea that would take 20 years to, to really have an impact and no one has the long enough runway or trajectory or the willingness to lose in the short term to get there. So I think government solving the problem is off, off the table. I think it comes down to entrepreneurship. You need to, you need to earn money somehow, be that through your job or be that through running your own business. And with that money, you need to start leveraging that so that it's earning for you and you're making smart moves. If you look around the world for cultures like ours, there's a very high amount of renters. If you look in places like Switzerland and, and the works like that, there's a whole renter economy because they can never afford property because they didn't get in early enough. And the only property is passed along generationally. Yeah. I think that's where Canada will get. But how do we, like, are we the only country right now which um, the more money you make, the more you're going to get taxed? Like our tax bracket, the moment you go over 100 yeah. and, what is it, 125000 right now, you're getting taxed at 53%, which is yeah, absolutely insane. ridiculous, insane, right? Yeah. So obviously you got a lot of Canadians that are looking at putting their investments elsewhere or even yeah. building businesses <clears throat> elsewhere yep. and then avoiding those tax breaks. But, I mean, you can't fault them because the corporations in Canada are doing the exact same thing for, sure. for that reason. Yeah. So it's like, how do you... I mean, we used to say when we were younger, once you're making triple time, you're not worth the money that you're being paid right. because you're exhausted at that point. Yeah. You've done your eight-hour day, and now you're getting to triple time, but you're like a, a walking zombie, so you're not a productive person, mm -hmm. but you're being compensated this amount. But as soon as you get compensated that amount, you're taxed so much higher on that amount. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Canada, tax-wise, if you look at like Scandinavian countries, their tax rate's actually higher. So there's parts of the world that's higher and the scary thing is that's a model for a lot of what the liberal government if, is looking at. Um, you know, this guaranteed basic income, things like this, all these uh, dental benefits to everyone, all of anything that you're given and people feel good about, oh, I just got this um, climate top up in my bank account randomly. It's like, yes, you got that, but you're, you're paying for it when you fill up your car, you're paying for it here. The, you're paying from the left hand a lot for them to give you a little bit, a bit in the right hand and smile at you and, and want you to feel good about it. Well, okay, I'm an old school individual. So I look at it like our government should be a reflection of us. And I'm pretty sure I can confidently say that every parla uh, parliament member does not use our medical system. They have private health care. They're using private health care. And I even have a bunch of friends that are going down that route and getting into private health care and covering themselves that way. So if they're making more money and then they're using these other you know, avenues of how to cover themselves, universal basic income doesn't work. It will not work, right? But I mean, that's their end game. And all we can do is 
I guess, keep above water for now to survive. But you're right. You have to start figuring out how to make more income based on your skills that you have right now and what you're currently doing. It doesn't matter because I'm assuming you guys are going to share some light on um, you can take any occupation. Like it could be a school teacher, it could be a laborer, it could be a, a, like a, a business owner, it, it could be anybody. Yep. And there's potential there to grow your financial yep. net worth, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah, whether it's through investments or whether it's side hustle or maybe you're transitioning into being an entrepreneur, maybe you're in that labor position and you're like, you know what, I, I know I have the skills to do this. I'm going to create my own thing and scale that because then that's infinite. You can scale your own business to however high you want to go. Versus like, I'm not saying you have to be an entrepreneur and business owner, but to me, that's the path of least resistance to get the most amount of money in your bank account. Uh, other than that, you can start a side hustle and kind of dip your toes in the water and feel it out first or uh, whatever. If you're good at saving, take that money and then invest it in real estate, maybe over in the States or elsewhere or stocks, whatever your jam, or your jam is. Is real estate a viable option in Canada today? Yes and no. Um, so we talk of, about strategies like house hacking, where if you're, you know, 20 to 30s, you don't have your, your established family yet. Your first home, you buy one with something like a basement apartment or a granny suite, or you buy a place and you build that in, especially for people in the construction industry who have those skills or the network to do it. Yeah. That forces appreciation on the property. It also gives them rental add back of the rent they collect and that rent lowers their payment. So your cost of living goes down. Um, investing in Canada from the perspective of landlord, tenant rights, and where we kind of see things moving in regards to taxation, we're a little bit hesitant on because we feel like right now all the, all the rights are to the tenant and all the political optics are going towards supporting renters and the tax, the rich kind of mentality. Yeah. And we both own investment properties in Canada. And at the end of the month, once you pay for everything, you're not, you're not getting rich quick off of real estate. It's a long-term yeah. play. And especially if you get a bad tenant in there. There's a risk attached, there's risk especially in this economy. In the last yeah. few years, yeah. the, the way the tenants have become very savvy on yeah. what their rules are and what they tenants. can do, because they literally can't drag it out for a year where you get no income whatsoever yep. before you actually legally, properly get them out of the property, yep. which is not right. Yeah, I, th I think it depends on what your goal is too. Like if you, if you know that ahead of time and you kind of, you prepare for the worst, I think like in Ontario, nothing really beats the appreciation, which like is how I think out of all three things on how you can make your money in real estate, whether it's cash flow, appreciation or mortgage pay down, appreciation is what's going to make you wealthy yeah. over the long term. But with that being said, it's going to come with headaches with the, the landlord tenant laws here. So if you're worried about that, and you want to avoid it, then look in Alberta, it's better, better uh, rules there versus Ontario. And if you want to go really extreme, then you can look down to the states and look at uh, like the Midwest states where the landlord-tenant laws are way more favorable for the landlords. Joining the ranks of tens and tens of thousands of satisfied doll customers allows you to experience the doll difference firsthand. You can trust in the quality and the durability of their products, backed by a company with a long-standing reputation for excellence. With doll, you're not just purchasing a great product, but you're also gaining a reliable partner that is committed to your success. Check out Doll at www.dollvalve.com and on social at Dollvalve. Would it be a good idea to reverse the whole rent control? 
Because they just abolished that when it was new construction, right? Yeah, we have uh, we have some thoughts on how the government could make things sure. better. Uh, so rent control sure is one, but also another one I think is that if you're if you're a landlord or you're a tenant, both sides of the coin, there should be a public registry where I can look and say, okay, this was a good landlord, or this is how long the timeline took for me to have a, a water leak resolved. And if I'm a tenant, uh, the landlord can view, oh, they didn't pay their rent on time. I like they, that. They screwed yeah. me over. It's just full transparency. Yeah. It's on like, both sides, too. Yeah, like not just saying, hey, sides. it has to be the best for landlords, not the, the no, no, tenants. No, it's got like to be both. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I, go to, when I go to lend you money, okay, you have to give me all your documents, all your tax yeah. documents. I have full transparency on your financial picture. If you want to look up me as a mortgage agent, you can go to Google. You can yep. look at my reviews. If I put you with X bank, you can go to that bank. You can see what other people say about them. There's there's transparency to a degree on both sides. And I think all we have to have is one one centralized page. It can be a government-controlled uh, site that does it, and it should should be visual to everyone, and it should also show credit scores, and it should be a tool for renters to build credit as well, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, right now there's no... Like when you rent out a place, there's no other than if the place was properly built and there's a permit attached to that to say that's actually a legal dwelling, there's nothing to say what that, anything's going on in there. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. how it was built, how it's being maintained, how it's being taken care of, there's nothing. You're going off of the seller's word. Is like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, all you're doing yeah. is you're doing the credit checks, you're doing the referrals, you're doing all that kind of crap, right? Yeah. That's the extent of it. Yeah, you're doing risk off calling tenant references, which you know. Yeah. references are crap paid actors yeah, yeah. yeah. credit uh credit reports you know you're calling their employer that kind of stuff like it's not it's not that great whereas this you could have it be okay your property is listed anyone who's been a, a tenant underneath has a profile you have a profile you could even tie it into the fire department making sure all your things are inspected like there's so many ways you could boost yeah. this make the landlord experience better, make the tenant experience better, as long as you're a good landlord and as long as you're a good tenant. If you're if you're a crap, crappy tenant or landlord, this is going to show people that you're, you're a bad person. And I don't like the idea that uh, crappy people get to hide within a system that's designed to protect people. we got to shine a light on, on the shit. <laughs> so you were saying, um, so, I mean, that's the part of where it's a risk, where, whether real estate is an option for investing in, yeah. having that side hustle and having some some extra income that way i know that recently we spoke to somebody who's actually picked up and moved out west and i know that there's better yeah, opportunities there's out west like the housing market is a lot cheaper and you can buy certain properties and start setting them up as rental properties not even be there yeah like you're just pre-construction residential subdivision properties right yeah, so right. are we looking at this i guess the quieter zones of canada are still lo attractive looking for people to get into in Ontario or no, across Canada across Canada well I'll give you an example like I I bought a place in Calgary uh, two years ago now and I'm like all about just trying to make it like the most laziest hands-off investment instead of like making it super active like I'm not the handiest I, I know I'm not going to be in there doing the renos I'd rather something that's hands-off especially if I'm investing out of province I'd rather that versus the other way around and control uh, other trades going in and, and doing everything for me I'd rather just have it ready, done, moving ready. So I bought this townhouse that uh, is in Calgary and it's on the outskirts, so a bit cheaper. Okay. I think it's about uh, 15 minutes to the, the main core. And it was a pre-con 
townhouse. I think I bought it for like three sixty four, like two like years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Uh, it, it I would probably say maybe it's like four hundred to four fifty now. Like not, it's still like super low compared to here, especially in Oakville area. And what it came with was a two year guarantee that I get rent, and I have uh, the property managers included with that. And I'm like, it's a no brainer. And yeah. I, at first I was like, it's kind of fishy. Cause I was like, why, why is it so good? It was being sold and marketed that way. Yeah. The, from the builder. And That's, how did you hear about it? Uh, actually, I think it was our buddy, Kyle. He sent it to me. Okay. And, uh, as I just kind of dove into it deeper, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Is it too good to be true? And it, it's really because, um, Calgary, you have these builders that are more investor friendly. It's easier to build out there. So you have these types of programs and, uh, you don't have to go with that two year guarantee as well because five months into it, we're like, hey, rent's gone up about 200 bucks a month and our tenants wanna go at uh, the end of the lease. So why don't we change property managers and increase the rent as well? Um, so you have options there. And that's why I started leaning towards that versus trying to force something in Ontario, even in like the outskirts, uh, like uh, the like smaller cities and stuff. It just for me, it didn't make sense. What's the fear? I guess the fear, if you're an Ontario resident, it's like, if you have to get over there, that's going to be the fear that you have to yeah, deal with the it, problem in a different mindset thing. For okay. Yeah, it's definitely a mindset thing. It's, it's the same thing. People fear that they're going to have to wake up in the middle of the night and fix a toilet. It's everyone always says this. When you're, <laughs> for, and you're like, for listeners like, Oh, it, that's it, easy. I've had <laughs> those dreams when I was a landlord. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. I'll be in there in the morning. Right. So, but you can also just hire a property manager yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. th then they're the ones waking up and you just sure you collect a little bit less each month, but you're still collecting. I is feel it? like a lot of listeners, like, I don't know if that would be a huge hurdle is um, the property management perspective. Cause I feel like they would want to be hands-on with the, the maintenance and stuff. But I think it's like, investing out of province and like outside of your main city, that's like a, a big hurdle from a mindset perspective. It's like, I can't physically see the property. I can't drive there if anything goes wrong. So then it comes down to Brandon's point with property management. It's like, I got to put full faith in them. So you really do got to do your due diligence with picking the right team on how to set that up before you buy the property. Would I be wrong to say that? I mean, cause you, you guys probably know your fair share of tradespeople, right? we are stubborn individuals that will never hire somebody and pay them what we can know that we right. can do. Right. Yeah. So I think the best thing to do that, if you want to be a tradesperson and you want to try to expand your portfolio and buy a property outside of there, let go of that property manager mindset mm -hmm. and give it to somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Be 100%. the business entrepreneur yeah. person. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, it's, it's educating us people in construction to let go of that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think having that, like, CEO mindset yes. of saying, okay, um, I can earn $150 an hour, or I can, I can do this project in this time, or I can go drive and fix the toilet at my tenant's property. That's an hour and a half away, get into a conversation with them. You know what I mean? And there's half Since your, you're here. Why don't you take care of this? Yeah. yeah half your day gone, or you just give your, give your X percentage that goes to your property manager they handle it for you and you go focus on finding more jobs. And we do that in our business all the time. We're constantly yeah, firing ourselves that. from different jobs that we can, cause like we know firing yourself. Yeah. yeah. Cause <laughs> you have to do it. Cause we know that we make more money when we can go 
do sales, we can go prospecting, we can meet with more clients versus doing things like documentation, admin work. Where's your value really exactly. where it should be, right? Yeah. And Even though we might think like, oh, I, there's no one that can pull credit as good as me. <laughs> or like, uh, it's, it's like for every industry package. That, yeah. yeah, yeah think exactly. you're the all-star of everything. And I'm like, there's other people. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the typical percentage of property management company would actually take? It's a percentage. It's based on yeah. A it's percent right? monthly rent. Usually ten percent. Ten percent. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah. Right. So it's not. That's not crazy dollars. Yeah. If you think about, if you can focus your time and effort on other opportunities, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I, I would imagine that you could probably strike a pretty good bargain with one as well to in a service trade, where you do a job on one of their projects and then they property manage for a year for free. I'm sure a barter and then no taxes go to the government there too. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, totally. And because you're speaking their language. Yeah. And then you'll be looking at other opportunities yeah. as well. And I go, listen, I, I got another opportunity, but it needs a little bit of work. Do you want to take it on? I'll give it to you. And then if you can manage this property for the next year and then yeah. we'll kind of just wipe it clean at that point, right? That's a good exactly. idea. And then your, good your, idea. your investment property actually becomes a source of leads for your yes. other business as well, because essentially you're going to run it they're going to run up the tab too much. You don't want to go four or five years in advance. Yeah. So they just start paying you for jobs. They but that's you do the good entrepreneurial work. mindset that yeah. you want people to start getting into. Yes. Shifting gears, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Because we're so used to just punching the clock. Yeah. yeah. And like we've all been told ever since we we're a kid, it's like you punch the clock, you do your job, you're a good person, and then you pay your taxes and you do it again yeah. and again. And again, like that shit is done, isn't it? Yeah. You oh, got, yeah. You got to break that cycle of thinking. Yeah. And we've both been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've done it. Yeah, like I come from a blue collar background, just working for another employer, just kind of doing my thing. And then I realized like for me, because I got into the whole fire movement, like uh, financial independence, retire early, dove into that. I was like, okay, well, how can I get there? And one of the ways you can do is just by saving a shit ton of, sorry, I don't know if you swear. Oh, you can totally swear. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a construction life. No, 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 you can swear in every language. I encourage it. Yeah, yeah. so it's save a shit ton of money and just be frugal and then save that and then invest passively in stocks. I'm like, that's going to take me a long time to get there. So what else can I do? And then that's where I started. Uh, I dove into the mortgage space as like a side hustle. And then I quickly realized like, man, I, I'm doing okay at this. I can scale this quicker than what I'm doing now. And just, yeah, so that's kind of like where I came from and that's my mindset. But I understand a lot of people aren't always fit to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. So you got to look at other avenues to create that additional income coming in. Is any Canadian ever too late to start? No. Like I, I've, I've read, I can't remember the author's name, but um, I can't remember. So it's a retirement book where it's, it's never too late to start or something like that. I, forgive me. I can't remember it, but it's actually a good book. And he talks about 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds starting at that age because yeah. you get this mindset where you get a lot of teenage guys and girls starting and they're hustling and they're doing all kinds of stuff, right? And I'm like thinking, I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah, I, I don't think it is too late at all. Sure, if you're going to start at 60 and try to do a 6% index portfolio for yeah. five years, you you're, not, you're not going to do a lot. But yeah, yeah. You, you can leverage a whole network of people you know from your career up to that point and, and build a, a business or build a strategy out that way where, sure, you might have to go a bit higher risk if you're trying to get from 60 to stop at 65, but there's opportunities to do it. You guys bring up a good point there because I'm really scared, not for me, I'm scared for a lot of older people 
Because they're going to live past 65. Like, I don't think, when was the last time we ever saw a Freedom 55 commercial? Like, that doesn't exist at commercial yeah. anymore, right? So it's just like, and the unfortunate thing is, I think specifically in tradespeople, and I've, I've said this, I think, on the show a few times, you know, they're 65 pushing 70, and you got tradespeople saying, well, what else am I going to do? And when I hear that statement, it translates to me them saying, I need to continue working because I don't have enough money to retire, and like we've had other people on the show talk about how the average Canadian has just over 200 grand, $265,000. That's what they have for the retirement. And now yeah. if you're retiring at 65 and you're going to live to 95, you have 30 years where you got to let that grow. It's impossible to grow because it's yeah. going to get taxed first of all. Yeah. So it's going to shrink. If anything, it's never going to grow. So that makes me really nervous about a huge portion of the population at getting to a certain age and all of a sudden not having enough money to survive. For sure. Yeah. How do we tackle that? The biggest risk is for Canadians is actually running out of money. It's it's not uh, it's not the risk you take during your career. It's exactly what you say. You run out of money, and then they they depend either on the one asset, which is their home yeah, just that's paid off. That. Everyone, yeah. but you get to that point. But they're refinancing like, their homes at a position they can't. in their Re life when they, they can't. can't. They but then they also can't because they're retired because they'll not get approved. Yeah. Exactly. So then they're looking at B lenders now, which well, is the reverse mortgage is yeah. like their only hope at that yeah. point. Or they look to sell and then move somewhere else, and it, or they look to their children to support them, and it's just a cycle where it's like yeah. if you took a little bit more calculated risks earlier on, you have the time to compound, and you're not in this position. You can age gracefully in your home up until the point that you want to, to move on from there, but you're not forced to make those decisions. And I think that's the scary thing is so many people rely on that, that single house strategy and also the government with OAS CPP. OAS CPP puts a bit of food in the fridge. It does not do anything for you beyond that. Am, am um, I wrong to say that in like in 30 years, those two things are going to be gone? Oh, they're going to be gone or your tax rate's going to be like yeah. 75%. So yeah. It's basically invisible at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not going to be contributing to anybody. Yeah. Or yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be an inflection point, I think, where the either taxes will go too high or, uh, something's going to happen where I, some of those things will go away or come down in the in a sense, and there will be a mass exodus of people who are contributing business owners, and they'll just move to to different countries, different places where I they can see can, that happening. Yeah, contractors, it's time to empower your business with Shelta Tech implementation. Shelta is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head on. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you. Solving your pain points, streamlining your processes, making your workday smoother. Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available and Shelta is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook, a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech, they're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelta Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities. Ready to make a move? Visit Shelta.app. Let's pave the way to a smarter, tech-driven future. Shelta Technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. So where, where are most people leaving money on the table? Like, where are they not taking advantage of certain situations? 
Uh, I would say a big one when we draw back to those people who have all their eggs in one basket where it's in the house. You have so much equity in your home that's built up. And even to present rates today, your low fives, we're, we're kind of mid-January at this point, your low fives are coming down. You could take that money out. You could borrow it from Scotiabank at 5.19%, and you could go stuff your TFSA, tax-free savings account, buy the Scotiabank stock, and present day that's paying over 6% dividend, and it's down, I think, 24% over the year. So you have, if it comes, comes up to normalized, you have a potential 20-plus percent gain there, plus you're gaining on the money you pulled from the refinance. And you can write off that debt from the income earned, depending on the, ta- the account it's invested in. So you have strategies to gain that way instead of keeping all your equity in the home with the hopes that, okay, when I'm old, I'll sell the home and I'll, I'll live off the cash. Yeah, but you still have to live someplace. So you're going to still have to buy something at that time. That something is going to be very expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So is it really worth it? And that's what makes a lot of sense is like you don't buy the Starbucks, you buy the Starbucks stock. Yep. That yeah. mindset, right? Yeah. yeah. But you just start looking at what's working out there and kind of ride that wave, right? Yeah, and you don't have to go high risk. That's what I'm saying. Like go somewhere like Canadian banks, they're not going out of business. Uh, They've too, never been read. They're too yeah. tied to the fabric of our entire economy. And if they do, they'll get bailed out. Exactly. <laughs> so they're not going, they're not disappearing. Uh, sure, your, your share might be down one year to the next. That's investing. Um, but you're still collecting the dividend. They've never not paid a dividend either. So you're always going to get the dividend as long as your dividend's higher than the mortgage. You capture that gain. You just put, and you're just gaining. Yeah. I'd, I'd say equity for sure is number one from like an actual literal, like this is one thing that you can use right now to your advantage. And then second one, it's going to sound like kind of cheesy, but like it's true. Invest in yourself and continuing to learn, like even if it's outside of your trade or whatever you're doing, like it's going to open up the door for more opportunity. And if I hadn't done it, then I would probably still be working my old job, just putting my head down, doing the work and not really getting ahead. But if I didn't, I, <laughs> if I didn't invest in myself in, in learning more, then I wouldn't be where we're at today. Yeah. So how do we get these people to start paying attention to this? Because I get the, the, the mindset that the, the herd, the majority of Canadians are not thinking this way. Mm-hmm. They're kind of being told to go the traditional way of doing things, right? Yeah. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you start yeah. listening to these ideas, right? These different kinds of ideas. Also, educating yourself, too. Yeah, educating Do your yourself. own homework yeah. because there's lots of people out there. There's, there's a lot of noise, Lots right? of people have done it. There's yeah. lots of people that are doing it right now, and that's kind of what we want to do is bring people on and tell their story of how they achieved X, Y, and Z. And I think that's the first place you start is learning from what others have done. Yeah, and I, I think if you just, if you're grinding your day-to-day, you know, you, you go to work in the morning, you come home, you have dinner with your wife, you crack a beer, you're, you're shooting the shit with your family. Instead of when you're winding down for the night, flip in on that Netflix show, flip on half an hour of YouTube, watch a couple of videos, that'll just get a seed planting in your head. You'll go into your next day thinking about it. If you do that every day for, for 30 days, you're, you're going to be thinking differently. You're going to look for opportunities. You're going to look for ways to leverage and your mind will just start seeing different. It's, it's like the red car theory. If I tell you how many red cars do you see today on your drive to work? Yeah. I, I don't fucking know. You guys can keep on trying that shit. Yeah. I'm still not looking at red cars. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to look for them now. <laughs> Count them tomorrow. So, that, sorry, go ahead. So I was just going to say, if you're looking for opportunities, even within your own company to be an entrepreneur, or you're looking for entrepreneurship opportunities, if your mindset is, 
okay, I'm going to try to find some of these opportunities. You will find one. Uh, you go to your boss, you show them how to save X percentage on a couple of jobs. You do that a few times. Next time you go and ask for a raise, you say, hey, I, I saved you this much on supplies or I saved you this much on labor on this project. I'm looking to do that more for you, but I want to earn more. He's going to pay you more. I, I love the idea, and I, th- and I totally agree with you guys that I, we should be encouraging more people to start looking at themselves internally and just realizing where is there opportunity for me to look at financially speaking? What else can I do? Whether that's associated with my career choice that I'm doing right now or what I have in my home. I want to share a little story, and I'm not going to sh- divulge names because certain people will get in trouble. Uh, you had a person who worked for a certain company, and he was able to sell product from that company on his own through his garage, right? And he started putting Facebook ads out there and getting a lot of traffic and people were, and he was selling it. He wasn't competing against anything. This is a product that's not sold in stores. So he was selling this product, but then all of a sudden a neighbor complained because there was consumer traffic coming to his home and cars were arriving, buying the product and taking it with them. Then you had just a, a hole of a neighbor just complain. And then he was a nice person in the neighborhood and he just went to everybody and just started asking, was this you? Was this you? And nobody coughed up to it, but then he did more investigating, find out who exactly it was. Right. And I just hated the fact that you had one Canadian, and this is during COVID years, by the way. And so all of a sudden I hated the fact that you had one person who had the mindset to try something new. Here's a side hustle. I can do something. I'm not hurting anybody other than cars being parked for a few minutes in front of my house, buying the product and leaving. Right. Yeah. And you can, and correct me if I'm wrong, but regarding CRA, you're allowed to do a certain amount of that, not having got in trouble with the CRA yep. and he wasn't getting anywhere in there that amount. And so it's not about setting up a store and then just trying to defer tax or not pay tax and all that shit. You just had an, uh, another homeowner that didn't, like that he was doing that that's super annoying yeah. which is annoying right and we, you know we, we would want to do a good fellas thing and just go across the street and take care of that guy <laughs> yeah. that way right yeah. but you can't do that in today's day i encourage anybody whether you're young or old and you've got something interesting that you want to build and do and share and sell do it yeah that's mm-hmm. how you build a nation right sure. but don't get upset because someone else is doing it and you don't want to do it because you're lazy yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's a piss poor mindset of the neighbor. And you're, you're always going to get neighbors like that too, by the way. But it's like, it's shit. Like the guy's trying to better himself and yes. improve his life. And then you got someone else. But the only thing you can do is just really start from scratch or pivot the model and, and really just go from there and see what else works. Yeah. That's like that neighbor's going to be the super jealous guy. Yeah. But, you know, you might have a buddy in the neighborhood or a friend with an empty garage. Just shift the inventory over there and, and keep going. And up to, I, th- I believe the number is $30,000 that you can earn without having to register for that HST yeah. number. You're not breaking any laws. You're not, you're not hurting anyone. And, and every, every business and everything starts with that small step. So he might say, you know what, I, there's actually quite a market here. Maybe I should open a small storefront and I should do this. That's and how you get little shops opening up. That's how you get businesses opening exactly. up, which is yeah. great, which yeah. is what we need. And yeah. I love that the small mom and pops for the most part, did survive during these funny years, right? Okay. They did survive. It just said something that it actually, the passion and the heart of individuals wanting to still thrive was there. They yeah, still yeah, worked really sure. hard to get it done, right? Yeah, it was interesting because it was the businesses that kept things going. and It, it wasn't the, it was the employees who, who went home. It was the business owners that actually kept the, the ship rolling. And I think, I don't know. I would think if I were in the government, that would be an indicator to me that we should encourage more entrepreneurship. We should have some more 
Um, the government is not a think tank, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it never no. has been, never will be, right? Yeah. No, but it's a blink tank, right? Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> I like that blink tank. Yeah. It's made it's, it up, uh, but it's just useless, right? I agree with yeah. you, but the, the unfortunate thing is that anybody who's got some kind of just the mindset of let's try things, let's kind of grow, that's how we can build it, let's unify, let's work together. You'll get eaten up if you get into government. Yeah. You'll become one of them. You're going to become the villain. That's all it is, right? So then all of a sudden you're not really going to change anything. So the way you change anything is just kind of keep it internal. And I mean, we see this by, I'm very impressed by certain tradespeople come on here and they'll start connecting with Facebook groups. And so now, you know, you started with an idea that you want to share and all of a sudden you, you speak to one person, you speak to another person. Now you speak to thousands of people and you're offering a product at that point. Then guess what? You're making money off of that. And you didn't do it with any kind of traditional marketing. You didn't do it with a storefront, bricks and border. You actually just did it by networking online and speaking to one person. They shared it to another person and kept on growing it from there. Yeah. There's lots of opportunity there, right? Yeah, to do sure. that. That's how I built my whole mortgage business at the start. I, I went on Facebook groups, so like uh, Burlington Buy and Sell, Milton Buy and Sell, and I'd say, if you're going to sell your home, who's, which realtor would you use? And you would say, oh, I would, I'm using Tom Moffat. And I would call Tom and I'd say, hey, man, he says you're awesome. I just want to pick your brain, talk about triangle of trust. Triangle of trust. That's and, it. And it just, I just did that. I did it 130-something realtors I met with doing that. And that's what yeah. built the whole foundation for the business. How much time did you spend, like, on a daily, on a weekly, over a period of time? Like, what were you committing? Yeah, so I did the, I did Zoom meetings because it was it was uh, pandemic times. I did probably up to six calls a day, like six meetings a day, and I would just do until I had my next day booked. I would do calls and and repost that question in different groups. And ironically, I have a huge book of business now in Sarnia, Ontario, which is about two and a half hours from yeah, there, yeah. Uh, because no one just targeted. Sarnia yeah, and, and no one was being it. proactive, and I just did this strategy there, and it's it just scaled for me. So it's been working. Yeah. So, were you guys? I'd love to talk about this year. How? Um, what are some new entrepreneur ideas that are going on that are kind of coming to fruition on this year? If there's anything that's standing out. So in terms of like business wise, yeah, what we're seeing, you know what, most, we don't really see too much of like the, like the, the shiny, new, the shiny, shiny objects, object, like yeah. the AI disruptors that doesn't really fall into our world as much as yeah. we see more people doing the traditional ideas, but they're just doing it better or they're doing it with a twist or they're figuring out how to like, to scale it faster where someone might say like, I'm going to build a portfolio of 10 properties over a 20 year time frame. We have someone coming on our podcast and she's that she's like around 30 years old and she's up to 80 doors yeah. and just like just massive insane. growth. Like, so we just see people doing things like that. Is she just quicker. leveraging each property to the next property and so on and so yeah, on? Exactly. Yeah. But isn't there a lot of higher risk in that if things start, I mean the yep. variable rates there's, and what yeah, she's there, there's risk in any investment or yep. business that you create. But I mean, like for, for us, like for, to the shiny object, like we call it like shiny object syndrome. Like where it's that. like you see something that's like, oh, that looks like a good idea. And then you're always pivoting to this new business idea. And we've we've had a bunch of that over the last couple of years, like because we merged businesses and we were like, oh, what about doing that for our business or creating that business? But then like this past year, we focus on just dial in and just focus on the one business, which is the mortgage business. And for that, like I, I love like hearing stories of someone that, Maybe they're uh, they start a lawn care business and 
it's humming and, and going along, making 100K a year, but then like, oh, you know what? I can really scale this and go like nationwide. Like I love hearing stuff like that versus trying to go for this like new AI uh, shiny object idea. But that those are like the kind of stories that we hear about is it's like someone that's just focusing on the one thing they're doing and expanding it. Yeah. And that's just through education and research, trying to figure out how to, yeah. I got a widget. How do I get this widget to as many people as possible? Yeah. That's all it is. And right? sticking to it too. Yeah. Cause like there, the one thing that separates like uh, someone that's successful as an entrepreneur and someone that's not is just someone that has stuck to it. Because I find a lot of the times someone like a lot of entrepreneurs get to that point where it's like super tough, but just over that hill is where it starts to really uh, steamroll and things like start working out but they give up at that point because it is hard and you don't have that assurance that things are going to work out. So I'd say like just sticking to it over a longer period of time and knowing that if you keep putting the work in it, yes, it might take you a longer time if you're doing the wrong things, but if you're still doing the work, eventually you will get some traction. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me play, uh, let me play the dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I know that we've seen all the memes and it's like if you just stick with it you keep on working at it it's just yeah. over the horizon happiness is just beyond the darkness like all that kind of stuff and I, I get the sense from what I've read and what I've seen is that if you want to go down this path of being an entrepreneur and, and for argument's sake every tradesperson is an entrepreneur yeah. right like they're a self business owner and either they provide a service or they have a yeah. business themselves or they're working for somebody, but they're part of that circle. Right. But no one ever tells you how long it's going to take mm -hmm. the shit that you're going to go through, the losses you're going to have, and then have to come back up and try to succeed again and rebuild again and keep on going. It's just, it takes a special person to kind of keep going through that. This podcast episode has been sponsored by class and bronze limited. Authorized Canadian and U.S. wholesale distributor of Pagan heavy-duty, high-performance tile leveling systems and installation tools. Choosing to buy outstanding and beautiful tiles also requires buying exceptional tile leveling system. For hassle-free installation and an exceptional leveled finish, choose Pagan. Imitate it, never duplicate it. Available at Amazon, select ProSol stores, and purchased at www.tilelevelingsystems.shop. You can also find Pagan on social at tile leveling systems and their website www.pagrin.com it like does it's hard it does that's why there's that's not that's why not every business owner is successful because of those things that you mentioned yeah i, I would also add to that too like you see a lot of that like meme culture hustle culture and i, I would argue that case okay, so they're saying this is going to solve your problem you don't ever actually solve the problem you just find a bigger set of problems that has a higher reward attached to it like as we scale our business and our investments up, it's not like one day, okay, we're, we're not going to have that problem tenant or we're not going to have the difficult client file. We still have, we actually have more of them because we're, we're scaling with it, but we're better equipped to deal with those because we've done it. We've done the reps leading up to that point. And I, how do you speak to a client or how do you speak to a, a person and tell them like, here it is five years of shit, man. Like yeah, it's just that's it. Like, draw it out, take a picture of it, smell a vision it. You know what I mean? It's just like this is what you're gonna go through. Are you ready for this? Yeah, it's I, easy to say yes. At the beginning. I, did, I was just gonna say that it's easy to say yes at the beginning, but you don't know until you actually do it. What if it goes yeah. past five? What yeah, six, that's that's the seven? scary part and the unknown of like entrepreneurship is you don't know when things are gonna pop off and actually work, or if they're gonna pop if off. If they like will, I, yeah. I ran a business for six years in my twenties that yeah. ended up losing me money by the end of it. 
And how much support did you have? Because that's the other thing that I'll bring up regarding entrepreneurship is that for the most time, for the most during that whole course of you trying to make this happen, you're the only one. It it is a lonely endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the beginning, everyone's like, great, good for you. Like your friends and family kind of think this is great. And you might get a couple of sales from them out the gates. But then there's a period of like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's not really, he's not making it. And if you pivot your idea, then they're like, oh, you, you try a lot of things. So you have to kind of be able to block the, the noise from your immediate group. And then also uh, just be how, willing how do, you guys, <laughs> how do you do that, right? So like I get a lot of people because you'll hear them. They'll say, listen, just keep doing it. It's working great, whatever. Yeah. Okay, fine. Get on the bus and get the fuck out of my life now. Like that, I don't, I'd rather you not say the words of encouragement. Yeah. Because I actually, I think it hurts more to hear you say, because I think you're just saying it to be nice. Yeah. yeah. And I'd rather you not say it. So I have a, I've kind of, I like to do like mental frames. So I've got one, I call it board of directors. It was from uh, a book. It was, I forget the original, the origin of the book, but um, Shane Parrish, he just brought it back to me in the book, Clear Thinking. And it's the idea of having a board of directors. So you have someone who's like your model for family, your model for business, model for investing, model for philosophy. They can be living or dead. A lot of mine are, are, are dead or in the past. But you have this idea of, okay, if I'm going through a, a tough time in my business, how would X investor have handled this time? What would their frame be? Because that's going to be better for you than saying, going to your dad, for instance, who might say, you know what, you can always you can always throw in the towel and try this next strategy. Like, yeah, it, maybe you've given it your best. You've, you've done great. Like, or, or keep pushing at it. Or someone else in your, your board of directors might say, you know what, it's time to give up the idea and, and try something new. There's no shame. And How many times have you got heard of that one? A you lot. Hear, you heard a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is the same people that tell you to give up are the same people that tell you to keep pushing. There's no, you have to have that internal wherewithal. Also, like we talked about this on, on an episode recently when I was giving up my farm too, like it was kind of like that weird point of I've sunk over a hundred grand and I've sunk all this time and do I want to go to the next farm project or is that not really going to get me to where I want to be as an individual so I think you have to set a time horizon pick a destination this is where I'm going to be in 20 years and then reverse engineer it and pick a proven model too, like something that has worked for people and is not on a deke like a something that's working for other people and it's an industry where you know you can make money and like I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but microgreens, like, is there anyone that's like really scaling that or? There's, there's a guy in Calgary who he makes a shitload of money and he's done a a fantastic job of it, but he converted a a warehouse and it's floor to ceiling greens. And he's just got two team members that goes through and, and all he focuses on is sales and that model works, but he's, he's getting like $40 a pound on certain greens. Um, That's an outlier though, right? Yeah, that's an outlier. Like, Growing in a field, you can't control weather, weather right. pattern. You can't control who shows up to the farmer's market on a Sunday. You could be sitting with half your inventory sometimes. And there are certain models like preset restaurant orders and stuff like that that gave you more consistency. But, you know, it's but not. But him being an outlier, he probably actually looked at the landscape. Exactly. No pun intended. And just, like, <laughs> figured out who's doing things right and who's doing things wrong and just make his own mental notes to contribute to yeah. his, right? Yeah. And that's how it's grown from that point. Yeah, and he also came from within 
the industry he was selling to now. So he came within the restaurant industry. So he had all those contacts. So he just leveraged yeah, his relationships yeah. for sales. Yeah. So I think that's that's a key piece too. Like um, in university, I had, I started a clothing company just just for fun. Thought I was going to make a lot of money, but I had no contacts. Like a brand in, like a line. Yeah, we manufactured clothes. Men, women, actually, both. men's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you got one. Atkinson Barley has one yeah. of his wallets here. Yeah. It's, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so we like we made good products. I've been using a single sided wallet since my high school I days because my friend from high school has the George Catanza wallet, which yeah. is like, yeah. you know, it's like this fucking thing of everything. And I just like that makes sense. Like it's like the worst thing. You need a health card and you need one credit card. Yeah, that's what you need. And you always kept money. I always kept it separate from the wallet. So you got on your phones now. If I lose one, I don't lose both. Yeah, yeah. That's how I looked at it. And yeah. they're lost either. But yeah, that's a slick. I've always been doing that for like 30 years. Hey, now, maybe man. you should start it back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the inventory in the garage. Um, that's a shiny object. Just rebrand yeah. it. That's all it is and get it yeah. out there. But yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I get it. I understand that. Which brings me to, um, do you guys ever deal into VC? You get into venture capital money and dealing with that whole world with entrepreneur? Because I guess certain ideas will grow mm. and you might have to bring players into the mix now at that point. We haven't from a lending perspective on our side. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I invested in our, in our current brokerage last sure. year. I bought like a stake of the brokerage and that so that was kind of like self-funded within them. Um, but yeah, not too much. We don't do too much on that side yet. I think that's largely just where we're at from our, where we're both early 30s, young families, where we have our primary residence. We're just investing in, in real estate and investing in growing our own business and ourselves. So we're not quite yeah, at that trying to take a one VC level yeah. uh, 10 years from now. We'll Things be investing in businesses probably. Yeah. But at this point right now, we're just kind of taking the, the next logical steps that we can afford. Here's a question for you guys and you don't have to answer it, but I'm just curious. You planning on retiring in Canada? Um, like retiring and staying in Canada? So I, oh, I, I'm just going to say, say no for me, for you, like for you personally. Yeah. Okay. I, I've thought about it and I actually would love the idea of, I, I don't mind the summers here. I fucking hate winters. Like I, I can't I, stand, I can't stand winters, it. Yeah. Just, so yeah. for me, the idea would be like, stay here for the summer and then go down south to like Costa Rica or even Florida. Um, so that would be ideal for me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it would, it would depend on when I retire. And also, like, what is going on in life at that time? Like, well, that was going to ask you is like, do you ever retire if you're an entrepreneur? Yeah, because that's well, what we talk about all the yeah. time. Like, we we got into financial independence, retire early, and then both of us were we don't actually like yeah. the retire early. You're not going to stop. Yeah. Well, because yeah. we love doing it, so it's like, <laughs> so, why don't we just keep doing it? But yeah. maybe you build your business to the point where it's like, I don't have to work. I can let that run on autopilot, or yeah. I have this amount of assets where I can live off of that. If I just decide to just, all right, you know what? I'm piecing out. I'm not doing this business anymore, but I have this, all these assets and cash and investments where I can live off that on a yearly basis. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know where it's going. With that, but. I th yeah. I think if you're, I think if you're like parents are aging and you're retiring, you might stick around Canada for yeah. a bit. Or if your kid gets married and you have, their, they have kids right away, you might want to be the grandparent and, and Certain things like that could force you to stay. Yeah, to set more roots. I think, fam yeah, family is the thing that would hold me back. If I didn't have family here, I probably would consider I, just going somewhere else full time. Yeah, I think if I, if I didn't have kids right now, I wouldn't even be living in Canada right now. Yeah, 
because we, really? we we don't yeah. have to. We can live yeah. as long as we obviously have. What's residency. what's the place that you'd be interested in? Uh, I would probably do travel around for a bit yeah. and, and find a spot. So just use like digital nomad visas and, and try different places like Spain, Bali, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, work from there, and then if I found a spot where I felt like I could settle more, sure, maybe I would settle some roots, and then I would come back here. I would rent a cottage for the whole summer and I would just host my friends and family up there whenever they wanted to come up. Like a lot of people are, are, they're having these conversations. They're just wondering, like, I know that, what is it? Someone said on the other show, he was saying, I think it's every month, 400 and something people are moving out of Canada for good. They're leaving, going south or going someplace else. Right. Yeah. They just don't want to be here. So I think that a lot of people are probably thinking about where do we want to end up retirement wise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because a lot of people look at the their primary residence is like, I'm free and clear on my mortgage and I have a million and a half dollar home. Yeah. I can sell that and just take that money and live off of that in somewhere like Portugal and live for a fraction of the cost and have great weather all year round. Like, yeah, that my, sounds great. My wife the other day was saying that she was tired of going to work and I'm like, okay. Sell the house in Milton. You and everybody in Canada. We'll, we'll sell <laughs> yeah. the house in Milton. We'll, we'll sell. We'll sell the investment property in Sarnia, and we can go live in this spot in Spain. They have visas for Canadians. It's two hundred fifty thousand. We'll have seven hundred and fifty to a million. So wait, what is it? Two hundred fifty for the visa? No, two hundred fifty to buy the property oh. there. So we'll I have like seven fifty to a mill, like cash, six percent return on that. We have sixty thousand a year to live off of in Spain, plus whatever I bring in. From there, I'm like, we don't. You don't have. It ain't a bad painting, man. Yeah, but it I'm ain't like, a bad one. You gotta, you gotta go tell the kids we're moving tomorrow. Yeah, that would be the and <laughs> yeah. Get in the car. <laughs> get in the car. Get on the plane. Yeah. And shut up. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, right. Like that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, I'm not diminishing Canada, but it's just like I think there's better opportunities out there. And plus, you don't know as a person, as a human being, what you're gonna discover. Yeah, exactly, I think right? it's worth like trying at some point in your life, even if it's for like a winter or something. Yeah. Just go somewhere for a couple months, try it out. Because it's one thing to say like, oh, I would love to live somewhere else full time and just exit Canada, but you don't really know until you get there. So I think you would yeah. be better to test it first versus like burning the, their boat and just like selling everything off and going. By no means am I ripping up my passport. Like I think the grass <laughs> is greener and I love a lot of parts yeah. of yeah. Canada and like Canadian people. I've got an advantage because I've got a Portuguese passport, right? So oh, unreal. I've got, yeah, the EU, right? Yeah. Oh, that's and sick. I've kept it up for that reason. So you can go anywhere in Europe with that, right? Yeah. Without any headaches, I guess, right? Yeah. Just don't show them the Canadian passports. My wife has one. I've always wondered if I can, if she, I can hop on board. Hungarian? Sure, yeah. you can. Yeah, I'm getting sure my Hungarian. I've been told no, so I got to do a deeper. I'm doing my Hungarian right now. Are you? Yeah, because my great grandparents left during. See uh, if there's a connection in the family tree somehow. Uh, yeah. So where they okay. when they left was during, I uh, during what whatever war it was, but they were had to leave the country, and so we can get the passports by showing our family tree. So my That's sister sweet. started the process last year, and then I'm just going to join on. Unreal. It's going to take months and months, if not a year. To yeah. yeah. A long but if you want to get started on doing it, yeah, just get even it if done it's a now. thought, right? Then you, you can never know. Like yeah. you, and it's nice to have that second backup passport for just your, in case. For your son, you should do it right away because yeah, he true. can get That's it. Yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah, you can get it. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you guys because uh, how do we 
protect all of our assets as we're growing them. And all of a sudden, let's say we do really well as an entrepreneur and we've done our homework and we haven't been watching Netflix and all the crap that's out there. And we just kept on studying, 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 studying and building and speaking to individuals like you guys listening to your show and listening to other shows. And now we've actually built a nice nest egg Mm -hmm. and part of it is going to go to our kids and maybe some friends, but there's still going to be more assets attached to that. Mm -hmm. How do we protect Mm -hmm. all those assets? How do we manage those assets? How do we, do all that so as you scale your team has to scale with with you so you might talk to your accountant once a year now when you file your taxes that's more than that yeah (laughs) as you're you're scaling your business and and going that way you're going to incorporate you're going to have different things where you're going to be talking to your accountant maybe six times a year now so you just have to scale your team and rely on their expertise and say okay how can i pay the least amount of tax or how can i set this up so that my kid pays the least amount of tax. Can I add them as a director on the company when they're 18? What, like, what are the strategies there? And then you just follow their Just steps. another school, another yeah. classroom, yeah. Exactly. another workbook. That's yep. all it is. Just yep. keep on doing more homework. Yeah, I'd say corporation is, is number one. Like if you're a business owner and you're already at that threshold, I'm not an accountant, neither of us are, but if you hit that certain dollar amount and it makes sense to open that corp, you're taxed way less than that. It's yep. like, I think 12 and a half percent. And then you can invest out of the core if you want to, or you can even open up. I saw the book over there, become your own banker. Yeah. You can dive into infinite banking and there's way more opportunities there within the corp too. So yeah, I, I'd say that's your first step is open up the corp or talk to accountant first and then go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. This show is brought to you by Payne's window manufacturing window shopping revolutionized seeking top tier windows. Look no further. Payne's Window Manufacturing is the ultimate choice for custom builders, contractors, and homeowners. Visit www.paynes.com now to experience the pinnacle of quality and customization. Get your instant custom quote today. Elevate excellence with us, plus enjoy nationwide shipping across Canada and the U.S. I think it's important. You have to understand that, right? And not a lot of people in construction know how to do that because they were taught by the parents who came in as immigrants who worked hard, paid their taxes, and provided a life. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, it's different. Yeah. And I, and I think even, like, we're both in financial services now, but a lot of this stuff we weren't taught by our parents either. You have to go seek out the knowledge and then ask the questions. And a lot of times, you're going to talk to one person who's going to explain to you. I remember the first time someone told me, I'm like, that makes no fucking sense. And I just parked it for, like, two years. And I was like, okay. Maybe I should have just asked someone else and someone else explained the same concept to me. I'm like, oh, no, now I get it. And so find the person who speaks in a way you understand and gives you the actionable steps that you can follow and go that way. That was the same thing that happened to me. I, uh, my father-in-law, probably about five years ago, gave me this book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which yeah. is like the Bible Robert, yeah. for all uh, real estate investors. Like that's the book they read that opens up their eyes. Uh, and I was like, nah, I don't need it. I'm salaried. I've got a pension. I've got benefits, 100K a year. Like I'm sad. I don't need that. And then I didn't read it until probably like two years later. I was like, holy shit, like I got to look into this. And then that's kind of what like started everything for me. So it wasn't until I actually took the time to, set aside and actually do the thing and read about it. But uh, I'm glad it did. But so maybe you needed story. to grow a certain amount yeah, yeah. to kind of appreciate that knowledge yeah, that was exactly. in there, right? Because yeah. I know that a lot of kids nowadays, they're just all over social media and they're think and grow rich, rich dad, poor yeah. dad, all these certain books that they're like, okay, read it, read it. But I, I don't, I, 
I think you need to go through the darkness. I think yeah. you need to have some suck in your life before sure. you actually start appreciating these lessons that are being shared over decades, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before you really understand them. I think yeah. more and more people are seeing that darkness because it's so damn expensive to live here. And I think that's what's driving more people. That's why you see like search engines. Like there's so many people searching entrepreneurship, how to be a business owner. Cause like people are thinking about it. It's like, how do I make more money? Like side hustles. Um, so yeah, I think you got to hit that darkness and, I think we're seeing a lot more of that. Yeah, I would say too, like when you talk about that period of entrepreneurship, that's like the dark valley where where everything's awful. I think that's a lot more easy to tolerate and to to slog through when you've had the dark valley of a shitty boss or uh, a job that like you absolutely hate and you're yeah. you're punching the clock every day and you're going through that for years on end at times. When you when you've gone through that, all of a sudden you're like, hey, you know what, the dark valley of of my business and, and finding my financial future, it's it's less daunting. I can do another day of this. It, it reminds me of a framer friend of mine that I'm still trying to get on the fucking show, but he's just ignoring me. Um, <laughs> and I'm talking about you, Ziggy. He doesn't listen because he's old school, right? But I, one of the first times I ever met him, he had a T-shirt on it. And on, on the front of it, it said, I have four daughters. You can't scare me. <laughs> I'm not afraid of anything, yeah. basically, right? So that's yeah. the darkness is that I think when you go through that, You'll go through more shit, but it's not going to be the same as it was in the beginning. You'll be able to handle it and then move forward and then keep on going and then get to the end, which is basically the success. But I think a lot of people, and you guys have probably shared this on your show, where it's like achieving the goal is not necessarily the whole success package. Mm -hmm. It's who you become through that whole process. Because obviously at the start of it to when you actually achieve it, you're going to be a much different person Yeah, for good reason. You have to be. If you didn't, then you didn't really learn and experience. Well, you're learning skills along the way that translate yeah. into other things in life and bring you more opportunity, whether it's from a financial perspective or just connections in general. Like we're seeing it with our podcast. And I imagine like, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably have seen that over the years yeah. of doing this podcast too, yeah. is like you're learning communication skills. You're meeting these uh, like these people that you never would have been in contact with before. Um, so yeah, it opens up doors, them. right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Plus you're learning. I'm constantly learning just speaking to yeah. people, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Yeah, And then I, I guess, um, oh shit, I had a thought there, but I, I think that the, the, the kids out there, they're just thinking it's easy because I guess the social landscape has taught that it's been easy to do this, right? I mean, I'm not, I, I'm a fan of Gary Vee, right? But he's always talking about the garage sales. Yeah. So yeah. do this, buy this item for five cents and sell it for 25 cents or $25 and you make a lot of money. But I mean, these are like, I don't know, unicorns at that point, right? Mm. I, I don't know how many... That's what I was going to ask you guys. Sorry. And I know you mentioned a little bit earlier. I see a lot of the younger guys wanting to do more than one entrepreneurship at a time. Yep. I'm going to put my eggs in this basket, that basket. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep on doing it and see which one hits, which is like the Warren Buffett kind of asset allocation bucket where it's like you have a little bit in this, a little bit of that secure, high risk and all that shit. Yeah. But it's the wrong way to go about it. I think you just choose one, focus on it, work on it and see if it actually takes you to where you need to get to or want to get to. Exactly. We've been, we just, we just did this because we, we noticed the same thing in, in ourselves. We had, we did that for a bit and we noticed it. It's like rampant in the business community of everyone trying everything. Multiple streams of income. Yeah. And there's no, there's no force to push an idea forward because you're, you're pushing like this, you know, you're, you're a little bit here, a little bit here instead of just running head on into something. And there's a great analogy of like, chasing two rabbits you're never going to catch one of them 
And that's what a lot of it is, is you're just running in different directions. Oh, I'm a little bit tired. I'll run here. Never, a little bit tired and you never get to the top. Do we as entrepreneurs do this unconsciously because we're tired of working at that one? <laughs> so let me start this one because I know the beginning of this is going to be a lot more engaging and fun yeah. while I get distracted from that one. Is that what we uh, do? We're, we're laughing because we, we do we, it, right? Yeah, like that was like one of our main points that we chatted about was like it's the boredom creeps up sometimes and it's like i've seen it in my business where i was doing the realtor calls too and that was like the main way i was driving leads into my business is connecting with realtors but i was doing it to the point where i got to my i think i was around the same boat 120 130 realtor meetings i'm like man i've done so many of these and it's like getting so boring and i started pivoting i was like oh i'm gonna start building out this youtube channel i'm gonna start doing this and then i started seeing my leads drop i'm like what happened and it's just because I got bored of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you have to commit to doing the boring stuff. And I call it eating oatmeal. Like you got to eat your oatmeal every day. <laughs> it's disgusting. And it's I like plain. And, but you do, if you do that for your business every day, yeah. your business will scale and grow. And the, the challenge is I think that entrepreneurship uh, attracts that ADHD brain yeah. and that ADHD brain Creatives. is attracted to new ideas and trying new things. And you also want to inject some newness in your business now every now and then. So you're like, where is that line? There's no book that tells you, Hey, your fine line is here. Don't go past that. So you just, it's just trial and error. If you have an accountability buddy, I think that's been the key for us is that like, I'll come to Brandon. I've, I've probably had two in the last week where I'm like, oh man, like, what about this? Like, I think this would be really cool if we did this in our business. And then right away you'll be like, shut up, Tom. Like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Just yeah. don't go there. But yeah. in general, like entrepreneurs are loners, aren't they? They can be. It depends Majority, on the industry no? you're in. Yeah. Like if you have buddies in the same industry, I, I'd say hundred percent link up with them and, and feed off each other, grow together. I, I think also though, in your statement, entrepreneurs are loners, but that gives an opportunity because you just go find other entrepreneurs. They're not, they don't have a lot of buddies who want to hang yeah. out and talk about business all the time as well. So it's they're true. kind of searching for that. And I think that was a big, big thing I found when I started my entrepreneurship journey. So I try to talk about these things with the guys yeah. who are like, I just want to fucking have my yeah. 12 beers and watch a hockey game. Why are you always talking about this? But then you find your other buddies. Like when uh, you and I started talking about it, it's like, oh, okay, like this is really like actually like stimulating conversation debates on these things and you just got to find your you still enjoy the beers and yeah, exactly we'll be chatting about <laughs> their business enjoyed at a different time yeah yeah that's all it is right yeah i kind of call it like smelling the roses i think the majority of people that are entrepreneurs and they're going at it and they're working on the idea and they're like okay today i'm going to allocate this much time today tomorrow the whole week the whole month the whole year they never stop and realize what's been accomplished, what's been achieved, yeah, and what wrong. I may have missed. Yeah, That's the big one, right? Because even if you have a buddy that's coming in, they may have blinders on, mm -hmm. and they may not see the whole bigger picture, right? And it's been, it happens occasionally with me where it's like, I didn't see it. I really didn't see something, and someone else had to come along and point it out and going, did you realize that? And then all of a sudden you're like, how the hell did you see that? I don't understand that. Because you're so driven. Mm -hmm. You're so focused yeah. on the one thing, and then you're not, Smelling the roses is what I, I call sure. it, right? Yeah. I think reflecting back on how far you've come, and we do this every year at the end of the year. But well, we do with, that because it's the end of the year. Yeah, I, I think know. We should do I mean, it more often. I agree yeah. with that, actually. That's the accountant analogy. Don't that's do it a once point. a year. Do it six yeah. times, yeah. 12 times. Do it every month. For sure. And right? Then, but like looking back and saying, okay, instead of where, where do I want to go? 
all the time. It's okay. What have I done? And, and have some reflection, feel good about that. And, and you touched on something too, people pointing out your blind spots. I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes people point out your blind spots and you're like, ah, oh, no, they, they don't really get my business. Like, <laughs> and certain times you can have that mindset. Whereas if you're like, you know, maybe, maybe they're right. And give it, give their suggestion a chance and, and think about it a little bit further. Sometimes you're like, holy crap, I do have a blind spot there and I got to work on that. Because you do have a lot of people that will just call you or text you going, I've got an idea, I've got an idea. Yep. And then they kind of break down the idea for you. You read it over and you're like, this is bullshit. Leave it alone. Yeah. I want nothing to do with it. I don't think it's going to work. That's my opinion. And then they try to justify it and explain it to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. at that point, I get frustrated because I'm like, listen, you asked my opinion. I've given it to you. Yeah. I assessed it. <laughs> Based on what you've described, yeah. and this is my opinion, so don't get upset at they me. Want so like, yeah. They want it so bad. They want that validation. They want it to be like, no, this is the goal that's going to happen, yeah. and everyone's going to be doing, wearing, experiencing this uh, this new idea of mine. And I'm like, great, if you feel that way, go. But you've asked my opinion. I've told you, and I don't yeah. think it's going to fly. That's like the biggest red flag, in my opinion. If someone's like, I don't get it, or I don't think that's a good idea, it's like, okay, well, like maybe something's off there. Maybe I'm not explaining it well, or maybe it's like a too complicated of a business model. But that's where I think you would, you should ask more than one person too. Cause like, if you get one person's opinion, it's like it's one person. But, but the, the types of people that you ask, the types. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. non entrepreneurs. Like yeah. Too. Like, I don't yeah. know if it's just like you ask a bunch of entrepreneurs. I think you ask that yeah. office guy or girl, you ask that, I don't know, truck driver. Like you just get across restaurant, like at that point and try to figure out, okay, is this getting the same response from everybody? Yeah. And then if it is, then, okay, maybe get rid of this shit and go back to chasing rabbits, right? Like, it's just, that's where I think it is. I like to do that. I, like, I ask you because you're pretty optimistic about things for, like, investing. And then my dad on the other side is very, like, risk-adverse, old-school mentality. And so I'll throw it to him knowing that I'm going to get, like, the worst, what's the worst possible thing that could happen from it. And then I kind of have that happy well, medium. Or if I'm it, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's decent. That yeah, is like, okay, <laughs> maybe I should. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I've got a pretty clear picture of where this, where this sits. Well, it's like my parents' generations. Like I, I can't even imagine them listening to any of these ideas that are going on today and them having some sort of hindsight looking at it going, yeah, that's a good idea. That's going to work. It's going to pull off and, it's it's i think today is everybody's about ideas about throwing this and throwing that and trying that but and i mean most ideas don't fly yeah like that's the majority of the ideas it's yeah. a small percentage that actually work and move forward right yeah yeah most most things are duds um so you gotta have your don't sink yourself on a dud yeah you're not gonna get your first time either like yeah. you're gonna go through some shit before you get to it you might get it but i mean that's yeah. far and few right it's, yeah uh, like how many businesses have you had before mortgage biz five or six yeah i'm probably two or three like yeah but it's the lessons the lessons what you learned and who you became that's where the value that's where i keep on saying stop and smell the roses and realize what you learned well because that first business attempt could have worked if it was your fourth because you had that experience up until that point for sure yeah if you gave me that leather business now i say this all the time i could scale that i could scale no problem um but at the time I was more interested in having the beers and watching the hockey game. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, uh, I guess nobody's talking NFTs these days anymore because it's all full of shit. Yeah. And uh, that'd be it, whatever. But crypto, not a lot of conversation going on crypto, I guess, because... I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge crypto guy. I don't think you are either. But, like, I uh, I just watched something last 
uh, I think it was like last week, someone saying like 2024 is going to be like the year for crypto. So don't take that from me. I'm not a big crypto guy. I thought I heard the same thing about 2023. Yeah, I know. 2022 and 2021. I found that all the crypto guys became NFT guys became AI guys, and, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, okay. These guys are just trying to get the 26 letters. That's yeah, all and, it is, and, man. And I'm like, what is, what is the 2024 bro is going to be something else? And yeah. it's like, I, I'm a Z guy now. Yeah. I'm a Z yeah. guy, whatever <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. We're, I guess we're kind of old school in that way. We just do, <clears throat> we take the proven strategies, the ideas that work, and we just figure out how to make them better, and that's all we do. And that's our whole model. And yeah, it works because... You know, even if you took the proven idea and did it at the current level, you would still make money. You just wouldn't make as much money. So by making it better, we're just making more money. That's where the, it's like the pot of gold that people want to achieve and the time associated with that is grown so much more than what I was at that age thinking what you would want to achieve, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's like thinking, I guess, billionaire status now. And I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? It's like crazy. there's a certain percentage of yeah. people that are billionaires, right? Like to get to that point is insane. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. You could, if you get to 3 million at a, at a very conservative return, you can live off $180,000 a year drip to you and, and maintain your 3 million. Since 2015, Groove has been built off the foundation of experience, innovation, and the continued desire to evolve how work is done even after the trade has mastered it. The people at Groove have more than 40 years of experience in the drywall and construction industry. Their commitment to both the growth of the company and the individuals Groove simply calls clients is unparalleled. Their mission is to empower builders, designers, and architects with the freedom to build on their designs, to encompass creativity in all of their projects without sacrificing quality, efficiency, or affordability. They accomplish this by providing production-focused solutions and design workflows that allow builders to overcome their construction limitations through drywall. They see drywall in a different way. Innovate, inspiration, integrity. Groove Industries. Check out Groove Industries at www.grooveind.com and on social at grooveind and reach out to them on their email orders at grooveind.com or steve at grooveind.com and andre j at grooveind.com and also their phone number is 416-629-3756 and conservatively if you went like traditional investment routes and dividends and you started in your 30s you'll be set in your 60s yeah you'll be there yeah, if you're not drawing from it either you're yeah. just reinvesting that. you're it's reinvesting like, and growing yeah. it and you're still working yeah. yeah you're still working and contributing you're still paying taxes right you'll be happy you'll be comfortable you won't have any worries right and and, and it's not it's not going to be super sexy you're not going to be posting a reel about it every three days driving around in your ferrari in miami who gives a shit like that, that guy. Do you know what a Ferrari oil change is going for these days? <laughs> no clue. No idea. I don't want to know that. I don't, I don't even that. care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know the insurance. I don't want to do yeah. the insurance, the replacement of tires, replacement yeah. of pads. I don't want to deal with any of that. Yeah, like when I look that. at Ferrari, I think of maintenance. I'll go domestic. Yeah, all the day. schedule. Yeah. Uh, how many, like, why did you guys start your show? We started, at the time, we started our Commission Breath podcast, which is geared towards mortgage brokers and agents. And it was more to grow another business we were working on. And then we thought, you know what, we'll attract some agents into our orbit and just kind of use it as an incubator for ideas. So that was the Commission Breath podcast. And then the Invested Entrepreneur, we started because we realized that we w- we had a lot of questions on how we wanted to grow our own business and, and scale our own futures within entrepreneurship. 
And we found it as a way to share those ideas as we're learning and growing with people, yep. as well as to use it as a channel to meet people like you and, and have these conversations where this was kind of like a warm introduction. A podcast was a nice way to, to get to have the conversation and then extract out the information, yep. share it and scale our business at the same time. Yeah. And at the time, like with the commission breath podcast, that's more of like a business to business podcast where we're talking to other like business owners in our industry. And for us, it's like, we wanted to create the invested entrepreneur because we wanted it to have a direct correlation to our mortgage business. But also we didn't want to talk about mortgages because like everyday consumers, they don't want to listen to mortgage stuff all year round unless they're actually getting a mortgage and we're like that's kind of boring so what else can we do like what else are we interested in and it's like building businesses and trying to reach financial independence and for us like the whole fire movement with uh financial independence retire early we didn't really care for that retire early part so we're like how can we tailor this to kind of not focus on that but just focus on these uh different ideas and and business ideas and having other people come in and ex talk about their experience with fi and that's really where we came out with, uh, it was originally titled, uh, FI talk. FI talk. And then we're like, FI talk. Financial yeah. So okay. and then we're like, Oh, you know what? Like we kind of want to speak more to the entrepreneur. So then we, uh, rebranded to the invested entrepreneur. Yeah. I can only assume that Canada is a pretty good, strong, healthy hub of entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. There's a, there's, there's quite a, a bit I of think we searched yeah. it at one point. I forget the number, but it was, we were surprised how many. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of people within Canada who have the entrepreneurship bug. Yeah. yeah. And then also with the, the amount of immigrants that come in, entrepreneurship has a big tie to, to immigrants. Um, they're hungry. Yeah, they're, exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. not just the, like the entrepreneur listening in too, cause it could be someone that's salaried, but is thinking about getting into it or thinking about side hustles. So like a lot of the stuff we talk about still applies to like more than just entrepreneurs too. Yeah. 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 So where are you guys going to, is there an end date? No, there's no end. No, date. Uh, no. no. <laughs> we, no just... we were actually saying today, like this, it's become podcasting has become a thing that it, it doesn't feel like work at all. Like I feel like it's I'm fun. taking the day off work recording a podcast right now. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, it's another thing that just contributes to our overall business and everything that way. So we're having so much fun with it. There's no, there's no end date. Yeah. If we were like editing our episodes and like doing all the back end work, it, we probably would have stopped like, Months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> I would say stop it the moment that you're at home and doing nothing or maybe hanging out with your kids yeah. and you actually do this motion. Yeah. <laughs> and, but there's nothing there. There's no mic. I, gotta get I would used say, to listen, that, I think it's time to just hang up the mic yeah. and walk away from yeah, that point. True. Right. So yeah. I haven't gotten to that point where it's like, okay, but sometimes I'm here having a conversation, just a meeting. Yeah. For whatever reason, I will grab the mic and put yeah. it here. And we're not even on air. We're not recording. And I'm having to talk with, them with the, mic on <laughs> the muscle memory. I love it though. Yeah. So, no, you guys are doing a good thing and I like it because it's you're getting more and more people that don't know where to go and where to get this information because there is so much noise out there. Yeah. So it's important to decide. And and it's not that you guys are perfect and anybody else no, that is falling. I'm definitely not per perfect too. But have a listen and check it out and it might be worth it. There might be a guest or yourself say something that connects with them and they're yeah. like, you know what, let me reach out to this person. That's what's happened to me. Like yeah. people think that I know a lot of stuff in construction. Fuck no. I have a lot of people who know a lot of stuff yeah. in construction. I bring them on. 
and yeah. I talk to them. And whenever I do another show that's got nothing to do with construction, I bring them on because I want to yeah. know about that. That's you're all you're probably is. a master at interviewing at this point because that's the yeah. skill you're building with the podcast. You're just asking questions. You're yeah. just having a conversation. It's no more yeah. than networking. Like it's just, and I find in, in all fairness, like a lot of people ask me, how do you get started? How do you do it? And I'm like, just get rid of the nervousness about you trying to be a character of you yeah. and just be you. Yeah. Right. And I am finding that when I do go to networking events, I'm no longer afraid to speak to anybody now. Like there is that hesitant about you're like, well, where the fuck do I start? Like, right. who do I attack? Which is the lone gazelle? Like, you know what I mean? And they yeah. go talk to them. That doesn't happen to me anymore. I'm like, okay, fine. How are you doing? I'm so-and-so. My name. What do you do? How, what do you do? And then we get talking. Oh, well, that's fine. And then you'll find out there's a connection there somehow. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know somebody together and all of a sudden you get talking at that point. That's what I think the podcast is doing really well. And I think a lot of people that come on the show, they realize that there's an opportunity for them to open up more and have better communication skills. So it's important to reach out. Oh, for sure. Like if if we came in and you're like, uh uh-huh, like you were like super nervous. Like you would, you would make other people feel nervous yeah, too. It's a vibe. It feels yeah. off of it. Right. Yeah. So, and I think it's important. Let's just get the information out there. Yeah. So when you're speaking to somebody, anybody, you just want to know more about them and what they do exactly. instead of you and what you do. You're not selling yourself. You're just exactly. asking them what they do in full curiosity. Like you generally want to know what they do. Right. For sure. And it works. It yeah. totally works at that. Point. Yeah. That's what makes a good podcaster is, is, the listener extracting all this information from the guest itself. And you're just that person that's feeding the questions and getting it from them for sure. Yeah. I that's also think we're learning as we go too. Yeah. I also think too, like when it comes to products like mortgages and a lot of construction jobs as well, let's assume your end product is as a, a funded mortgage or your end product is a, a fully finished bathroom outside of the quality of the workmanship itself. The finished product is the finished product. You want to know, one that you trust the person you're working with yeah. and that you also relate to something with them. And when it's a quick quote or a quick call, you can't get to know me or I can't get to know you that deep. But if I listen to your podcast, I know a little bit more about what you're about. I know that you're, you know, you're interested in investing. I know that you you love travel. I used to be in firefight, like different things like that, like that come out and people get to know you better and, and it creates rapport and builds stronger business relationships as well. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. I totally think, and that's what the the government and journalism and all this shit in Canada doesn't know how to get right. Yeah. So that's why it's these so formal. Yeah. 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 It's like don't be afraid to just be yourself. There isn't another one of you. I don't give a shit how yeah. much you try to look for it. Even yeah. if you had an identical twin, yeah, it's still exactly. not gonna be you, man. Yeah. So for sure. I appreciate you guys being on the show. We got to do the twelve questions. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Brandon Love and Tom Moffat here, the Invested in Entrepreneur Podcast. Find them on Podbean, right? Yeah. yeah, but Any, you guys are anywhere you listen to your podcast. Yeah, that's what I yeah. figured. Yeah. yeah, so just pot, yeah, that's your hosting provider, right? Yeah, yeah, and then you, it'll get branched off to Spotify and yeah. Al, uh, Apple, iTunes yeah. and everything like that. Six four seven 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 three two six five six, and their email is experts at northshoregroup.ca, and on IG it's invested dot entrepreneur, uh, and on YouTube find them with Tom Moffat and the sign Brandon Love. What's your favorite construction word? Let's change this. Let's go. What's your favorite investment word? Uh, leverage uh, drip <laughs> drip yeah so dividend drip yeah yeah i know what you're talking about no it's good and leverage okay that makes sense what is your least favorite tool level i was gonna say level as well yeah yeah why i'm curious because my dad used to make me do projects with him and he would always make me Fuck level it mark it with the pencil re-level <laughs> re-level be in that awkward position of yeah. holding yeah. It and trying to keep the bubbles yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's lasers now yeah. uh what i don't know how this is gonna work but okay what investment sound do you love 
Investment sound. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. <laughs> yeah. Ka-ching. What's your favorite beverage? Bourbon. Red wine. Bourbon. Bourbon? Yeah. Any particular? Uh, I'm just straight up bullet. I'll just do that every day. Yeah. I have a bullet. I'm I have easy. a bottle of bullet. Yeah. Red wine. Red Canadian wine. or American? Uh, or? No, I'm, I'm Spain, Italian, and a little bit of Niagara region. I just here. had a nice uh, from Sardinia yesterday, which was really nice. Beautiful. I like that. I'm not a huge... VQA, whatever. Yeah, th- they're getting better, but got to try to support like the white wines. Getting better isn't better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the natural wines are better. <laughs> what turns you on and off in investments, in investing, in the whole world? Uh, what turns me on is looking at compounding and seeing where things can go in a 10, 20-year 30-year horizon, what turns me off is the other the, way. Uh, people, <laughs> trying, yeah. people trying to do it in, in one year. Which is total yeah. horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing? Uh, I would say the uh, what turns me on is the infinite opportunity that gets me going. Uh, and then turns me off is like those gurus who will pop on social and say, I did this in the next amount of time. Like, yeah, same thing. Same the course, thing. the people selling the course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, They're great course, performers. Exactly. This yeah, course yeah. is everywhere. know how to sell a performance. That's yeah, all yeah. it is, right? But in all fairness, just do your own homework. Vet them, check yeah. them out, find out what the hell's the whole story, and then go from there. Yeah. Uh, favorite curse word? Go ahead, Tom. Bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> bitch ass. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. classic shit. Yeah. Favorite vehicle in the entire world? Oh, I w- yeah, I was thinking about this one. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's going to sound weird. Cadillac Escalades. I really like the look of the new ones. The new ones. The new ones. Yeah, they're like, just like super sleek. It's just too big of a It is huge. I don't know. I right. probably wouldn't buy one, but I'm not like a big... I need a like, Segway to get it in front. Like, it's just too long. It's too big. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just not a big, like, let's get a Ferrari uh, type guy. Yeah. I think I'm going like an old Porsche 911 Targa. 80s. Yeah, whale old tail. One. Yeah, the old one would look really cool. Where you can sit on the rear wheel panel. And, and they're they're small. They're not super wide. The new ones are so wide. And, and they always have drivers. that clicky, the clicky, <laughs> they have the clicky sound, right? The engine, the clicky sound. I've never been yeah, in one. Right? Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys miss from your childhood? Competitive hockey. Uh, going on vacation, having my parents. Road the, trip or plane trip? Uh, we, I'm the youngest of seven. So it was usually like cottage trip. Mm. Yeah. So the station wagon and three the, kids the in the big GMC. The yeah. The big GMC van where like my seat was like drilled in the bottom. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. probably street nice. legal. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you guys like to attempt one day? Assassin. Assassin. Uh, I can't remember what mine was. <laughs> you know what? Um, there's a special set of skills to be an assassin. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. That's, that's kind of Just to creepy. know that you can turn it on one day. Just, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you realize what my other profession is? <laughs> I don't know that I could, but... <laughs> oh, uh, park ranger. <laughs> With a rifle? Uh, no, no, just like... I remember like back in the day before I got into firefighting, I was like, oh, this would be like a really cool career. I saw it on like the Ontario government... And it's like you literally just like go and take care of like the trails and you're just out in the fucking wilderness all day. Yeah, with I bears. Just, <laughs> he, just, he just wants to wear khaki every day. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think that'd be really cool. Uh, what profession would you guys not like to do? Hospital janitor. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad one. Specific. That's um, a hard one, yeah. I'd say uh, back to my old job of flagging. I hated that. Just being outside with the stop slow sign. Ugh. Is that the official title, flagging? That's what we called it. I don't know. That, that was a town of Oakville phrase, maybe. 
flagging, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty boring, eh? Yeah. Carpal tunnel? No. Yeah, a lot of flipping. What's wrong with your wrist? There we go. You're blaming jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> last, last question. If heaven exists, what would you guys like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Doors open. Let's go. Uh, I didn't think this went over. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of people say welcome. It's all good. As yeah. long as you have entry fee. That's all. It's ah, simple as that, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, Absolute pleasure having yeah, you on the show. Thank you very Great much. chat. And love to have you guys back whenever we continue the conversation. And, uh, I encourage everybody to come and check you guys out your podcast and have a listen and see how it goes, right? Awesome. What episode you at, Nara? We're at 2021. Yeah, I don't even count anymore. Yeah. How often do you guys post? Once a week. Once a week, yeah. 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 So it's a little bit of a it's a job, eh? Yeah. yeah, we've got the streamlined process of just we show up, record, get our guests on the show, and then we have our editor do most of the stuff on the back end. It's about, yeah, it, it's a lot of work. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks thank for having you. us. That's Appreciate it. it. We're out of here, Angelina.